When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, July 27th, the Barbie World edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen, and I host another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I am the dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit, Michigan. Hi, I'm Lucy Lopez, and I host another podcast. It's called the Mamacita Rica Podcast. And I'm mama to Amelia, who's 13, and Avery, who's 10, and we live in Miami. Lucy, we are thrilled to have you with us today. Gracias, amiga. Welcome. Thank you. We're going to start today's show by sharing our biggest parenting triumphs and fails for the week. Then, well, if this summer was a color, it would definitely be Barbie pink. So we couldn't resist talking about the doll that's been a cornerstone of culture for generations of kids. Then, if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to talk about how to make vacations with kids easier. And perhaps debate if we even need to bring kids along in the first place. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I've planned family vacations, and guess who ends up ruining the family vacations about 95% of the time? The adults. Not the kids. It's usually adults who mess it up. In what, Just what, saying. what do you mean? In what way? If you, uh, I have a huge family, like huge family. Like it's like it's cousins and uncles and this and that and that. And we all somehow we love torturing each other. We're gonna okay. We're doing a family vacation. We're going here, and somehow one of the adults messes it up by either bringing up politics or or just ordering the wrong thing at dinner. It's never the kids' fault. Not only do you get a whole extra segment each week, but as a Slate Plus member, you'll also get to listen to this show ad-free. No interruptions. We know, as parents, you get enough of those already. It's also what keeps the lights on around here. So please, join us if you can. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash momanddadplus. All right, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting as soon as we get back from this short break. all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. So, Zach, what's been going on this week? So, this week, Noah started a new camp. She had done two weeks at a day camp that she went to last year for the previous two weeks. She loved it. But after we signed her up for that camp, we found out that there is a camp run by the city of Detroit that is, like, so much cheaper than any other camp we've done and we heard it's like great. They do field trips. We heard good things. Um, we we're like, oh, well, let's let's sign her up for that. And so we signed her up to go to this 
city camp for the next three weeks. Yesterday was her first day. Transition was kind of a big deal. We got there yesterday. She walks into this massive gym and sees like 60 kids, zero of whom she knows. Um, there is one kid in in this new camp that she does know, but he hadn't arrived yet. So it was like, I mean, I was getting kind of like first day panic attack and I wasn't even going to have to be there. And I just like saw her face and I knew she was about to lose it. Um, well, lose it is, is too strong of a statement. I knew she was going to have a tough time and she did. You know, she held on to me. She started crying. She said she didn't want to go. I stayed with her for like five or 10 minutes. I actually had to stay to like fill out a bunch of forms and like by the end of the 10 minutes she seemed to be good and like the last vision i saw of her before i turned my back to go was her holding hands with this like random ass new friend that she had just made so i was like okay great perfect she's amazing she's resilient she's strong it's all gonna be fine i picked her up from camp yesterday she said she didn't love it does she have to go back and I was like, yeah, you, you do. I think I think you'll like it. Like, you're going to go on field trips later in this week. They're taking them to a water park. But she wasn't excited. She definitely seemed to not be as into it as her previous camp. And, like, today she was even worse when I dropped her off than she was yesterday. Just crying and, like, really having such a hard time. Um, a harder time than she's had in, in quite some time. And uh, before I knew it, like, she was... You know, I was, I was holding her and she was drenching my shirt in her tears. I felt terrible. I'm like, geez, do I have to leave her here? What should I do? Um, finally, like these five girls walk up to her. They're like, oh, what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? Are you okay? And they were being so sweet. And that helped a bit. She still didn't like snap out of it like I hoped she would. But she regained some, not all, but some of her composure. And I left her, and I'm just like hoping that she's not suffering right now. She could be. Um, I did tell her that I would pick her up early today, and I will after we finish this show. But like these kids, what I mean, just what 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 they are capable of in terms of just like adjusting to a profoundly new world that they have no say in. You know, they are just like totally at our mercy. So I just have a lot of love and respect for Noah today, who is just not so excited to be where she is, which isn't a good feeling. But I'll report back next week. I'm really hoping that uh, things turn around for her there because it's it's just such a good deal, this camp. <laughs> but she doesn't care about that. Kids do not care about that. Well, hopefully she has a better day today and maybe those five girls will take care of her and make sure that she's got some companionship too. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What about you, Lucy? Does everybody here know what a quince is? Like a quinceañera? Yeah, a quinceañera. So my friend's uh, daughter's quinces were last weekend. Mm. And it wasn't your traditional quinceañera. It wasn't like at a banquet hall with, you know, 13 dancing couples wearing these big dresses, Mm. um, you know, and a DJ and smoke machine. It was actually really cool and chill. And it was at at a park. And... We're getting ready to go to the quince, and uh, my oldest, who's friend, who's very, that was like her best friend's sister's quince. So there's like a mix of like middle school girls and high school girls, right? We're getting ready to go to the quinces, and it was Bad Bunny themed. So you already know mommy showed up. Um, and I see my daughter's outfit, and she's wearing like knee length 
uh, pink shorts with a pink top, like a like a little short sleeve, almost like think like a Hawaiian shirt that your dad might wear, but pink and then a white tank top underneath. And she wore a cowboy hat and she wore her new um, pink Crocs. And I'm in my head because, you know, kind of like I remember how insecure I was at that age. But the way that I looked, if I, you know, wasn't wearing I wore a lot of hand-me-downs growing up. So her just being so confident with that cowboy hat on, go walking into the says it was like I'm pulling up. And my husband's like looking at me and he and I'm looking at him and, you know, these girls are dressed, you know, little short shorts with the crop top and their belly buttons are showing. And there's a lot of like random ass cheek throughout this party. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's let's see how this goes. So we walk in. She got like the biggest hug all the love from all her friends were like, Amelia, what's up? And like hugged her and all her friends are from like all over. And she's got her her best friend who's Jamaican and the other one's from Haiti. And this one is white and this one's Venezolana and Colombiana and Cuba. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like United Colors of Benetton up mm -hmm. in this party. Mm -hmm. And my kid is, in my opinion, sticking out with this cowboy hat. Something that at 13, I would never commit to. Never. I would never commit to a cowboy hat. This kid rocked that cowboy hat like nobody's biz. I was like, wow, look at that. I raised a little independent thinker and someone who's like going to the beat of her own drum. And halfway through the party... I realized that everybody that's at this party are a bunch of theater kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm raising a theater kid? And everything made sense in the world. I kumbayaed quietly in the back of the party with my husband. And we high-fived each other. And we were so proud of her at that moment because I just realized, wow, she found her little group of friends. Like, she found her people, and my kid went through some bullying uh, earlier in, her, in, in the seventh grade. First two months of seventh grade were torture. And now I saw her in her element. It was so wonderful to just see her own her, herself, her identity, who she is, what she believes in and all this love that we poured into her, man, she was just exuding it at this party. That's great. Good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What about you, Jamila? Well, okay. I've got a little fail, not a huge fail, but Naima and I went to Chicago on Thursday um, to celebrate my dad's birthday, which we actually did on my birthday. We, my sister threw a 70th birthday for my dad. Some of his friends wow. came by. It was nice. I sacrificed my birthday because she asked when I felt, you know, when was I available to come home for it? And I said, let's just do it on my birthday. And so it was nice and it was fine. And we were supposed to go back on Monday. 
It's Tuesday when we're recording this, and I'm still here. I just couldn't go yesterday. I just got so sad when it was time to go to the airport, and I was just like, mm-hmm. we just need another day. So we're still here. We're leaving tonight. Um, I just needed more family time, and I kind of knew this when I was booking the trip that I should have booked it you know, a little longer, but I was trying to you know, respect Naima's camp schedule. They ended up canceling camp for today for construction. So I was like, okay, perfect, you know. How long did you originally intend to stay? From Thursday to Monday. Okay, yeah, that's not long enough. That's so nice. Why don't you stay for longer? Um, I've We've both got stuff to do. Naima's in this special camp this summer at her stepmother's school, and there's a family night on um thursday she doesn't want to miss it so i want to make sure she's back for that and i promised her that i would take her to go see the barbie movie with one of her friends it's a really good transition to our next segment all right it is a good transition into our next segment we're going to take a quick break and we'll see you back in a second for a very pink conversation This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. It's safe to say Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie has fueled the most recent wave of fandom. But before we get into the culture surrounding Barbie, I want to know what you guys' relationship is with the franchise. So what did Barbie mean to you two growing up? I mean, uh, nothing. I shouldn't say nothing, but like I didn't have it. I don't think my sister had one. It was, it was really not part of my consciousness. I don't have a great Barbie story. But I bet you two do. Barbie was a luxury in my house. I remember I had one Barbie. My sister had another Barbie. That was it for Barbie World. My mom was like, we can't afford a Barbie. You can have that Barbie. Hopefully ask Santa. Maybe Santa will bring it to you, you know? Luckily, my neighbor not only had a box full of Barbies, she also had a Barbie dream house, a Barbie Corvette. She had the Barbie pool. I mean, she had everything. And we would spend all day playing Barbies in her house. And this is weird, but not really. Like, I remember really understanding that it was going to be basically impossible to find a Barbie that looked like me or my sister or that looked like my friends. Like, she had all the blonde Barbies. And it wasn't until later that you really just started seeing, like, Barbies that look like, you know, a Latina, I guess. Um, And... I remember knowing like, wow, this like Barbie doesn't look anything like me, but I want to be with her all the time. And then my other experience with Barbie was my cousin, Natalie, who could afford it. 
because her parents were going through a divorce, so they had to pay her with Barbies. Mm-hmm. Um, she lost her entire Barbie collection to Hurricane Andrew. And these were special Barbies. These were Christmas Barbies, which mm-hmm. is like a whole other type of fascination with Barbie. And now as an adult, my daughters do have Barbies. They have wheelchair Barbie, astronaut Barbie, the Barbie that has a little junk in the trunk like their mom. Um, <laughs> and I have been catching myself more and more sitting down with them and playing Barbies. And yes, my kid is 13 and she still plays with Barbies. And I encourage that. It's all come full circle with me and Barbie. And after watching the movie, I'm like, oh my God, I cried the entire time, by the way. Just want to put it out there. Yeah, there was something about the movie that made me like emotional. But yeah, that's my experience with Barbie. From not being able to affording it to mourning her when she got lost during Hurricane Andrew to then playing with her right here in my living room. Did you have Barbies, Jamila? I did. We didn't have much money either, but somehow I had a pretty robust Barbie collection. It's what I got for every holiday, every occasion. Somehow at Christmas, my mom always made sure there were new Barbies under the tree. And I think part of it was really cool for my mom to see all these black dolls because they didn't make them when she was a kid, you know. And so that... um became, you know, kind of her collection, too. And, of course, we've talked about before that Naeem and I have a Barbie thing together, and she's got, like, a ridiculous Barbie collection, and we've got so many different complexions, and there's different body types now, and we're just obsessed with pretty black Barbie dolls. (laughs) Very hard to leave them in the store, which we've done lately, because we've seen a few like, oh my God. I'm like, Naima, you really do not need another, you have an insane collection, but she's a Barbie girl for sure. How much is a new Barbie these days? There's a range. You might find one for as low as $9.99, maybe even $7.99. And then some of the special ones could go up there to $35. 40 and then like the collector's edition ones maybe 50 to 100 Hmm. jamila did you ever get your hands on a christmas barbie you know funny enough someone i know sent naima a christmas barbie once i don't think i ever had one i think we talked about it every year but it was never like my priority barbie but she was a majestic thing she was a very big deal That Christmas Barbie was so epic, man. From the dress to the hair, the jewels. I mean, she was perfect. (laughs) And has there ever been Barbie fever like there is at this moment? I don't think so. I don't think Barbie's ever been as big as she is at this moment. You know, Um, she's remained consistent, you know, like generation after generation of kids have obsessed over her. And I think now is just such an interesting time in Barbie world because of the diversity of the dolls. Barbie is still, you know, this impossibly beautiful thing. So many of them have light eyes, which drives me crazy. I'm like, people don't have light eyes. Like, why does every Barbie need to have light eyes? Light, like, like blue, green, or like... Blue, green, light brown. And that really drives me crazy with the black ones. I mean, the beauty standard that she upholds is a very complicated one. You know, like... I was always fixated on black Barbie. You know, I never thought about white Barbie. I never thought about white girls as being pretty or prettier. You know, it was like what I wanted to hold myself up to. 
But even Black Barbie is a pretty difficult standard to hold, you know, even the Kirby one, right? Still this kind of impossibly pretty, well-proportioned, you know, model. Mm -hmm. But I loved him. I was reading that there was a really good profile of Greta Gerwig and her, the, the writer and director of the new Barbie movie by Willa Paskin in the New York Times, Slate's on Willa Paskin. And she she noted that there was, uh, in 2015, Barbie had hit its lowest sales volume in a quarter century. This is this is with the, the surge of brats. Like that was like the first doll that really gave Barbie a run for its money. And that there was this study that found that after playing with Barbies, quote, girls thought themselves less capable of various careers than they did after playing with a control, Mrs. Potato Head. And so I think that's part of the reason why, you know, in the last period we've seen a, a pivot and Barbie like having all these, you know, interesting identities and interesting jobs because they were seeing that like if we don't, if we don't, you know, evolve with the times, we're, we're going to, um, you know, make ourselves irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Zach, Noah's getting close to Barbie age. She's been asking for one, right? She has. Shira and I have resisted up to this point. We don't ha- I don't have like a really good answer. Like... Are we supposed to talk about like the male gaze with our six-year-old daughter? Um, maybe, maybe we are being too self-serious. I don't really know. We she hasn't asked in a while, so I'm just hoping she doesn't again. I'm sure she will. I don't know. Is it is it like self-righteous or falsely optimistic to think that like if we don't get her a Barbie, like we're doing her some good, or is that just is that just naive from our perspective? Barbie's complicated, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. she does have all these different interesting careers now, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. she also makes you think about pretty. That can be really complicated. You know, I think Barbie's a gift and a curse. Yeah, that reminds me of something that Greta Gerwig said in that profile. She said, humans are the people that make dolls and then get mad at the dolls. We create them and then they create us and we recreate them and then they recreate us. We're in a constant conversation with inanimate objects. Yeah. I think that's why I really, when I watched the movie, I got it a little bit emotional because in the movie, you'll see it's, it's the, you know, it centers around stereotypical Barbie, which is the role that Margot Robbie plays. Mm-hmm. But the family that owns stereotypical Barbie is a family that looks a lot like mine. And I felt kind of like it hurt me that if the family kind of looks like mine, then why didn't that family get themselves a Barbie that looks like them, right? Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit in my head about that. And then there were parts of that movie where I related more with weird Barbie than I did with stereotypical Barbie. I thought it was really well done, the movie. And the message is so loud, so loud. And I mean, just what a brilliant um, piece of marketing by Mattel. Not just to like make a Barbie movie, but to have Greta Gerwig make it and to make something like complicated and like both like sincere and subversive, it seems. I haven't seen it, but like there's, you know, she's kind of, it seems like she's wrestling with a lot of these questions Gerwig is with the with the text of the film like it's not it's not just like um idolatry right like it's really um having a conversation about Barbie 
it's almost to the point where I feel like she made it a point for America Ferrara to have this intense monologue. It was the most perfect monologue that at the end of her monologue, everybody in the theater, I'm assuming all women, we just started clapping. And I'm like looking to the left and to the right. Some women are like wiping their tears because it was very real. Very, very real. And they picked the right actress to deliver the message. Well, listeners, we'd like to know your thoughts on Barbie. Please email us at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's where you can also send any questions you'd like for us to answer on the show. Also, if you want to hear more about the history of Barbie, The Waves, Slate's podcast on gender and feminism, has a fascinating episode called Why Barbie Lives On. We'll link it in the show notes. That is our show. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. Lucy's going to be back with us on Monday, so don't forget to tune in. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Lucy Lopez and Zach Rosen, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thanks for listening. All right.